and welcome to another episode of the Stubborn Heroes, a Dungeons and Dragons podcast. My name is Adam and I am the Dungeon Master and the Stubborn Heroes we have today are David, who plays Bonnie. Hello. And Parker, who plays Tyrannus normally. Hello. This is kind of a weird one. My voice <laughs> shifting out of my character. Besides that being weird, this one is also weird because this is our final origin episode. That's right. We have gotten origins for three heroes long ago. We had Rasuan, Tyrannus, and Ben. And you've already heard the last two episodes were, of course, Thanthwi, Belgarath, and now the final one. Final origin, all the secrets, all the mystery that you have all wondered and pondered and you've made your own theories about. Perhaps today you'll finally get some answers to those mysteries as we dive into Bonnie's origin. Finally, an episode all about me. I did my hair just for this. I put fresh blood in it. (laughs) That's how I get it so red sometimes. That's right, and we're selling Stubborn Heroes blood hair gel in our store. <laughs> All right. Today I use the blood of a turtle. Jesus. Okay. Okay. <laughs> so. I guess people can finally know my secrets. Well, they're not. Uh, yeah. I mean, they're going to learn a lot about you. I don't know about if they're going to learn everything about you. That's kind of up to you to decide. We'll see what you reveal and we'll see how it goes. So let us begin. We open in the darkened basement of Tanglewood Estate. The whirring gizmos and releasing of air from steam pipes give way to the pulsating blue glow of energy that shines as the coils and large glass tubes vibrate and release energy. These coils connected to the lightning tower that Ben and Tyrannus have been working diligently on and now have finally perfected. There in the basement, we see Benjamin Grimshaw goggles alight with their own red glow as he works on a large apparatus that seems to be made in the middle of his lab. This place now taking on a life of its own with all sorts of technological marvels skittering about, blueprints strewn across tables and pinned up on the walls. Blueprints he received from Ono and some of his own making. The gnome artificer he met a few weeks prior did give him a lot of brand new and previously unknown ideas for technology. Random tools and broken old devices piled up in different spots across this landscape of technology. Ben's arm transforms into a solder and sparks as it finishes the metal panel on this new device in the middle of the room. He drills it in place before standing and looking and marveling at his work. Well, took a while, but I'm finally done. (laughs) The device took up the entire height of the room. Angular metal rods drilled and fit securely to the ceiling come down like an upside-down pyramid, a circular device at its tip that seems to have a coil within. Um, so Bonnie is in the walls, and she's peering through the painting that is in 
the lab there. You know, in those horror movies where you see the eyes moving and stuff. That's her. Uh, so she'll look on and, and be these, like, these are, this is something you've done all throughout the, the house? There's tunnels enough through the house so she can actually peer into um, all of the different rooms and just to spy on all of her, you know, all of her best friends that are there. Yeah, because that's what just, friends do. They spy on each other when they're in their private moments. She like that's what friends are for. Right? <laughs> she just likes to make sure that uh, you know everyone is safe, but without them knowing. Yeah, it. that's right. Yeah, that's, that's so, what she so, does. So Bonnie, you see uh, Ben in his lab. So she looks and goes, "Ooh, this looks interesting. I wonder what he's up to." And then, then she'll uh, continue looking. Yeah, and you continue watching and. Then Ben uh, eventually returns to his workbench and he sits down. A few minutes pass. Nothing else is really happening. Um, so she looks at Susie, this is getting boring. Let's move on to somebody else's room. Who do you want to go to next? So she hears, in her, in her head, she hears, let's go to Belgrath's room. Okay. So she'll go to Belgrath's room. Yeah, Bonnie, you start moving through the walls, shifting, uh, moving through the little crawl spaces that you've able to sort of tunneled out for yourself. You move around some pipes that are pushing out water and you move underneath, uh, underneath like a deck outside until eventually you find another little crevice that you go into and then you make it into a little hatch that opens up and you stick your head out and you're in Belgrath's room. I peek from under his bed through the little hatch that's under his bed just to look around to see mm-hmm. if he's even there. And when you do, Bonnie, you'd notice that Belgrath is in his room and he has a dead, what looks like a dead knoll in his room. Right, humanoid hyenas? And he seems to have been butchering it up, but more startling to you is the fact that Belgrath seems to have a a large wild wolf-like creature in his room and he cuts off a chunk of the knoll and then throws it to the wolf-like creature that you can only describe as looking like almost like a demonic dire wolf of some kind it's very large way bigger than you or Belgarath <clears throat> and then it catches the meat in the air and then starts eating it in the corner <laughs> and Belgarath starts speaking goblinoid to it that's all you really see there well, I have to make sure I come and visit this friend later. I do it now. You might get suspicious as to how I got into the room. Oh, Susie. I wonder what Thanthwee's doing. He's my best friend. You, you and Susie sort of move through the walls again. You're moving through the crevices until you find a painting in Thanthwee's room. You look through, and you just see Thanthwee sitting on the bed. He seems to be holding that book that he got from the nine hells ahead of him and he's just scrolling through the pages a bit of magic moving on his fingertips he's learning new things Susie that will be fun alright let's go check on (sighs) Rasuvan's still not here yet I guess we have to go see what Tyrannus is doing okay and you and Susie move through the walls you get to Tyrannus's room is that a painting or what? In Tyrannus. I don't know. What does Tyrannus have in his room? Does he have anything on his um, walls that I can peer through? There's got to be something. Uh, he would have a map 
the map that uh, they found of uh, the Isles of Umbra, mm. um, where all these circled um, standing stones are. Yeah. All right. So she. She's yeah, it's the six the six circled standing stones, and I guess you're you poke a hole in the map. Yep. Well, I'll, I'll <laughs> you just in. poke your eye in. And uh, what's Tyrannus doing in his room? Um, Tyrannus would be, um, I guess he would be reading, um, from a book, uh, just sitting at his desk reading from a book. And, uh, when he flips the page, there's a, a card inside one of the pages of the book. Um, and he pulls it out and, and stares at it for a bit. And it looks a lot like one of the unfaded cards that Thanthwi collects. And uh, you would just kind of look at it and then put it back in the book and flip the page as if for safekeeping. Oh, I wonder if I can get that. Thanthwi would really like it if I got it for him. Suddenly there's a knock at Tyrannus's door. Knock, knock, knock. Hello? Who's there? Hey, uh, Ty. It's, uh, Ben. Why are you, uh, being so suspicious? You, uh, playing with yourself some? Well, why, well, why are you knocking? Just come in. Uh, it's polite, man. Well, I don't want to be a dick. I'm just trying to give you your space, you know. I, I'm not indecent, Benjamin. Oh, all right, man. All right. That's cool. That's cool. All right. Yeah, no worries, man. Yeah, cool. Ben opens up the door. He looks around suspiciously. And Bonnie, you're still watching from the crack. You mind uh, joining me downstairs? Uh, I really got to show you something. Tyrannus would put the book down that he was reading through um, and actually put it inside the desk in a in a drawer. Turn to Benjamin. Is, is this urgent? I was enjoying some relaxing time. It's, uh, it's about the tablet. It's about Bonnie. Come on, man. Hmm. Very well. Tyrannus will, will follow Benjamin. Then Bonnie will hear. What? What do they have on you? I, I don't know. We should. I'm quite, we should we should probably go check it out. Yes, we need to know what they know. You travel through the walls and make it to the basement where Ben and Tyrannus are. As we travel into the room, Ben uh, moves over to his workbench and removes something from his pack. It's wrapped in a fine cloth, and he hands it to Tyrannus. Tyrannus, you open it up and you'd see that it's the fragment of rock that Ben found in the maestro's lair. A fragment with Bonnie's likeness on it. Ever since we found this thing, it's been eating away at me, bugging me. I know about you. I got a weird feeling about this thing, man. Can't get the images out of my mind. It's eating away at me. I feel like there's more here. Well, to be honest, I've had a lot on my mind, but yes, now that you bring it up, I am quite curious about this. Well, I've been going over those uh, blueprints I got from Marius, and started with something small. Get my hands wet before I jump into that mechanical beholder. That one's going to take some work. It's uh, (laughs) 
A little complicated, to say the least. Ben fiddles with the device before pressing some of the buttons on this newly fashioned mechanical arm that he has. He shows it off to you, Tyrannus. <laughs> Check this out, though, man. Another upgrade from Marius. What do you think? Um, Tyrannus would look at the contraption and uh, he wouldn't know what to make of it. It's just a, a confusing uh, cacophony of uh, wires and tubes. And so Tyrannus would just uh, kind of save face and, and go, Well, uh, the, the very impressive, Benjamin. It, it looks uh, quite complicated indeed. Complicated, yeah. Just a little bit, but a little patience pays off in the end. You remember in Hearthglen Sanctum when uh, you and I mended that lever and fixed that mural? Yes, yes, the uh, mural with uh, chaos and order. And- yeah, that's it, with uh, Kasef. Order, chaos, all that, that's the one. Like the metal and the mule. I was, I was just thinking, man, what if we could do that on a bigger scale? This here, this can do that, man. This is a mending hexadecimal amplifier. What you say we turn this sucker on? See what the rest of that mural is supposed to look like. Maybe we can figure out what's going on with Bonnie for real. Uh, well, that sounds good to me. What What do you want me to do? And Ben takes out that new mechanical arm, starts pressing some buttons, and as he does, there's a sudden jolt of energy from the piston and pipes. The energy flows through the wires of the device as it comes to life. Just take this tablet here, you know, the one with Monty, just put it in that device right there, just there, yeah. Go ahead, it's all right. Tyrannus would slowly pick up the, the fragment, the stone fragment, and place it into the the middle of the machine, into the, the flow of energy. Yeah, and it arcs in the middle of the machine, all this energy uh, flying everywhere. The Magitech starts to do its work. Bonnie, your eye in the, in the crack in the wall lights with the pulse of energy. Suddenly, flo- a floating fragment there starts to shimmer, and Bonnie, you'd see it's a, a piece of a stone fragment that has your likeness on it. It looks like you. What is that? Where is that from? I, I, I don't know, but it looks like I'm in the image. An opaque, magical projection starts to form from the edges of the stone. Growing from the broken shard, this fragment being revealed to be only a small piece of a much larger mural. Hey, I, th- I think it's actually working. It's actually working. Starts to move up as you watch it grow. Its details shift and change as the powerful spell predicts what mending the stone tablet would look like. And then after a flurry of sparks, several minutes, the mural is complete. A magical projection of the of the completed mural sits floating before you. And audience, if you'd like to see this mural, this was actually art that we commissioned from our lead illustrator, Nakara. 
and you should by now be able to find it everywhere. We should have posted it on our social media and you'll find it on Patreon. You'll find it everywhere by now. So go check it out. It's a pretty awesome piece and it's actually going to be a future piece of merch for a poster we're going to have. So check it out. Tyrannus and Ben just silently stare at it. And Bonnie, you see it as well. Whoa, you seeing this? Uh, Parker, can you give me a quick description? It probably in just vaguely, just quick, of what it is that Tyrannus and Ben see. Yes, uh, they would see in kind of the foreground of the image two, uh, two titans kind of fighting, reaching arms out toward one another. Uh, in the bottom right corner, it looks like it's, it looks like a bearded man uh, garbed in chains holding a, a lightning bolt. And in the top left corner, reaching down towards him, it appears to be a uh, tentacly creature. Um, and kind of spreading out from the tentacled creature are these uh, tentacles with eyes all over them. And then kind of in the in the background of the image, there's kind of a scene playing out. Uh, you see uh, soldiers surrounding a dragon that's spewing fire. Uh, you see in another kind of image, you see children gathered around a figure that looks like a maybe a dragonborn um, sitting in a chair. Uh, you see that same dragonborn holding a, a small girl in uh, its arms. Um, seems to be the girl's like passed out or something or sleeping you see that girl holding a sword um uh outwards towards uh what looks like a a heart that's wrapped in chains in the background there's a a a building a large structure that appears to be being swallowed by what looks like waves uh, in the background as well and I guess the last thing would be the the girl seems to be crying in one kind of scene, in one image. Um, and there's this humanoid figure beside her with no face on it. And its stomach seems to be ripped open. Trinus, I, I hope you got some answers, man, because I don't know what the fuck I'm looking at. I, to be honest, Ben... I'm speechless. This is... This is disturbing, to say the least. Can it be true, though? Bonnie, while while Tyrannus and Ben are speaking about this image ahead of them, your heart starts to pick pick up a beat, and it starts pumping very, very fast. You suddenly feel very, very hot. You feel like, uh... You're, you're growing anxiety as they speak. No. I did I didn't think it was true. What was true? I always thought that was a dream. Trans, what do we do with this man? I don't know if we should show her this man. I I don't know. What, what do you think? We we can't. We can't show her. At least not yet. We... We don't know what this means. But... But you see that one part there? You see 
this this image over in the corner. Do you think, Ben? Do you think that Bonnie is a monster? Monster. 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 And as that word leaves Tyrannus's lips, Bonnie, your anxiety goes into full swing. <laughs> no. I can't. And then she just scurries away out of the uh, tunnels. And this sound just echoing in your mind. Monster. 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 Are you a monster? And Bonnie, just you start running. You just, you don't even realize what you're doing. You're almost, you you feel almost as if you've left your own body. Your body's just moving on its own. Your instinct is flight, not to fight. And you scurry out of the walls quickly, return back to your room, and you run out of the back door of Tanglewood Estate. And you keep running and running and running. A storm starts brewing off in the distance. Where do you go, Bonnie? Um, I'll eventually make it to the perch. Perch of ravens. And yep. I'll go to the the perch. Yeah, the perch of ravens. And I'll uh, go to the graveyard behind there. Okay. Yeah. Walking amongst the the tombstones. Yeah, you run through the streets far away from your home. Eventually, you make it to the perch. You go to that graveyard by the perch of ravens. As you said, you're walking amongst the tombstones. You're breathing heavily. Out of breath, it was quite the run. Um, only a quiet breeze greets you, and the cawing of ravens that sit atop the gnarled trees of the graveyard. At the very end of these stones, you see a large tree, bigger than the others, that's hanging over a cliffside. Um, I would prop um, uh, Susie up onto one of the tombstones. The skies grow darker. Bonnie, you can't be a monster. I'd never be friends with a monster. Susie, you don't understand. Before, before I met you, I was different. I was, I had dreams and I didn't think that they were real. What kind of dreams did you have? Just dreams and bad ones and my my mom would tell me all the time that they were just nightmares from my past, my past lives. But after looking at that, I think they might be true. Tell me, Bonnie. What were the dreams about? All right. It's been a very long time, but this is what I remember. Open to darkness, the void of nothingness, an old dusty tomb lost to time, 
You are in a haze, Bonnie. How long has it been? How did you get here? Suddenly, there's the sounds of shifting stone. And a ray of light cuts into the darkness. A crack in the encompassing void. The shifting of stones continues. From nearly a hundred feet high in the air, a large boulder gives way from the crevice and plummets down into the darkened tomb. Moments later, a long rope is tossed inside as two figures start to descend. Eventually, their feet make purchase in the darkness and softly land on the stone. A woman, seemingly human, lands first. She fiddles with a piece of flint before lighting her lantern. A soft orange glow illuminating the dusted tomb. She is a young-looking woman, maybe in her late thirties. She wears fitted leather pants and muddy, thick leather boots. A half-opened white dress shirt hangs off of her. Her curly orange hair pulled back as she raises the lantern high, observing the darkness around her. A seemingly human gentleman drops down next. Similar age, his clothes are more durable, and he seems to hold several pouches around his body that are currently empty. His black hair is slicked back as his stubbled face is illuminated by his partner's flame. Are you good, Klaus? Uh, Almost. Klaus uses the flint to light his own lantern. Now I'm good. The woman picks up the lantern higher and looks around. There is this deep, dark silence in the tomb. Until eventually the two of you come across a large mural. The same one Ben and Tyrannus had unveiled in the basement before, but this is the original piece. It takes up most of the back wall and is decorated with cold, unlit braziers that are ornate and filled with mountains of treasure. By the gods, Mila, the legends were true, and right under the kingdom's very nose. Mila continues holding up the lantern, continues to just illuminate this large mural. The scholars had no idea where to look. You saw the maps they had at the Academy, Klaus. They thought the tomb was in Wendigo, Wendigo, Klaus. And they call themselves archaeologists. And yet it was here, under the city of Rylorna. All this time, a city on the edge of the most inhospitable place in the Ten Kingdoms. Myla suddenly, excitedly, goes over and traces her hand across. Oh, look, look here, look. The wear on the stone, 
This must be pre-growth era, possibly early Umbran. And yet, Klaus points at the stones, these markings indicate a druidic connection. As Klaus moves his fingers against symbols that are, are found on the chains. Mila, look. Klaus points at the looming octopus-headed figure that takes up a portion of the mural, its long-pointed hand almost grasping the wrist of the opposite bearded depiction. In, in the Tempest's name, Klaus, is that... It may be so. As Klaus runs his hand against the edges of the stone. The eyes, this carved symbol here, it's just like the one we found at the Standing Stones in Riverbed. And this one here, the same as Ker Barad. In the Tempest's name, Mila, this could be it. <sighs> this may be our greatest discovery. Imagine what those pompous idiots at the Academy will say. We may be able to make enough to leave to buy that ship. Oh, Klaus, imagine what we could do, where we could go, what we could discover. Mila embraces Klaus in a hug, clearly the two of them being mates or lovers. Suddenly... A shadow shifts in the darkness behind them. We've done it, Mila. We found the sepulchre of... There is a loud thud that echoes in the tomb. Both startled. Mila holds up her lantern. What was that? Klaus draws his sword. This tomb has been closed off for thousands of years. Nothing could possibly be here. What are you doing here? As from the opposite end of the tomb, two purple shadowy eyes are seen. <sighs> Who is it? Who, who goes there? What are you? It doesn't matter what I am. As long as I know what you are. I, I've warned you. I, I am armed. <laughs> Your measly weapons mean nothing to me. I'm hungry. Suddenly there's almost this like permeating vibration in the very tomb and some of the rocks start to shift and move above. Mila, be careful. The rocks are shifting. Show yourself. You'll see me. I'm just getting ready for my meal. Bonnie will Bonnie will start coming out from behind the statue. 
So what you see is like a shadowy um, like figure, kind of like a banshee, but with uh, tentacles coming out of her stomach. Very, very creepy. Looks like she's from the depths of the sea and rotting, decay body, basically. <sighs> Klaus, run. And then she throws the lantern down on the ground in front of you. You can run, but I will catch you. Mila starts running through the tomb. <laughs> Come here, little one. Oh, I haven't had a good chase in many years. She runs and hides behind one of the fallen pillars. What's Klaus doing? Klaus looks for a, a place to hide behind uh, one of the braziers. He's clutching his sword to his chest. Um, Mila hears the shadowy figure coming up behind her. And then she turns back with a dagger and tries to slash at you. Bonnie will grab her arm with the tentacle. <laughs> Close will, Close will dash difficult? out. Close will dash out and, and strike it at the creature with his sword. You're struck in the back. Let go of her, you nasty creature. Let go. <laughs> you think your swords will hurt me? Once I eat this little woman, I will heal back up in no time. What kind of monster are you? The worst you could think of. After you slashed at Bonnie Klaus, the tentacle released from Mila's hand. She's going to run, uh, grab into her pouch, and where she has a stick of dynamite, and she uses the flint to light the dynamite. And then she holds it up. Klaus, go! I'm not leaving you behind, Mila. So uh, Bonnie will put a tentacle out and just kind of hold it over the wick. That there's no oxygen to the flame and then she'll take another tentacle and shove her away push her into the rocks oh, you then hit turn her gaze to uh, Klaus and you hit Mila and she falls down to the ground ah! <sighs> Mila falls down onto the ground her pouch opens up a bunch of random items that she has scatter so I smack her away and then I smack Klaus away and go you and all your nifty toys. I think I'll eat you first. And then he'll, she'll start going toward Mila. Mila starts backing up. <laughs> and she starts reaching for some of these items that uh, are on the ground that fell out of her pouch. And she picks up the first thing she can, which is a doll, a bunny. A stuffed bunny. Not even realizing that's all she grabs. She just picks it up and holds it ahead of her. <sighs> and your eyes meet with the bunny. What? Oh. Is, is that for me? No one's ever gotten me anything before. But Bonnie will step forward 
as her shape slowly turns into a little girl's form. The shadow just seems to melt away, revealing your true Bonnie form. You step into the dim light. Uh, yes, it's... Do, do, do you like the doll? This is a... Of a, course! This is a rabbit. Do, do you know what a rabbit is? No. And Mila sort of looks to the side, sits up a bit and stands up. Well, this is... This is Susie. I've... I've had her since I was a child. And... If you promise not to eat me, or my husband, then maybe she can be yours. (gasps) She can be mine? She can be yours. Um, I've... I've never had anything before. And she hands you the Susie doll. Hi, Susie. Will you be my best friend? Course I will. I'll always be your friend. Mila just... Good. Um... How long have you been down here? Um, down where? Down here, in I, in the darkness, in this tomb. Um, I, I don't really know. Um, well. Susie, you're a pretty good dancer. Well, it's it's a pleasure to meet you, and I'm glad you're having fun with Susie. I'm sure you two will be good friends. Uh, my name is Mila. We'll be the best friends. M- my name is Mila. Uh, what is your name? Um, Bonnie. I think it's Bonnie. As How old are you, Bonnie? I am nine and three quarters. Mila is silent as she's looking at this. What was a scary shadowy creature is now nothing more than an innocent looking nine year old girl. Klaus, while the others are talking, would quietly creep up behind Bonnie and slowly start raising his blade, readying for a strike. Mila looks over Bonnie. Bonnie distracted by Susie. She gives you a a knowing stare, Klaus. And just mouths no. Silently to you. She. If you wouldn't mind, Bonnie, just one moment. I would just like to speak with Klaus. Is that okay? Of course. Can... Can I bring Susie over there? Oh. She points over to the rocks further over. Uh, of course. Of course you can. You go ahead. Okay. Run along. She skips on over with Susie. She turns to Klaus. Whatever she is, she's an innocent child. We can't kill her. 
Yes, and and what what do you expect us to do with her? Klaus, you know, if we bring her out of this cavern, if we bring her out into the world, the Stormglaves will find her. They would bring someone like her to the Exarch, and you know it. Mila is quiet as she, her and Klaus look over at Bonnie playing with Susie. They would kill her, Klaus. Or they'd do much worse. You know what the Exarch is capable of. Suddenly, Mila's face shifts and changes, transforming into a dozen other faces before pausing on a featureless, smooth face with only two nostrils. Everything else, featureless. The face of a changeling. You know what they would do to those that are different. You know what they do to those that are different. Klaus would exhale heavily as his own face begins to shift and reveals himself to also be a changeling. Zen... We must keep her safe. Mila nods and smiles, her face shifting back to her original disguise. And her and Klaus approach Bonnie. Bonnie? Um, yes? I was wondering, and Klaus... Klaus was wondering, would you like to come stay with us for a while and not be stuck down here anymore is it is it dark where you live no no quite the opposite it's it's quite bright I'm afraid you don't know what the world is truly like there's there's light I've I've never like been out in the light before There is light, and what's more, there is color as well, Bonnie. Not just the shades of darkness that you see down here. Is there poop too? Because I'm really hungry. It's like I haven't eaten in like a thousand years or something. (laughs) I promise if you come with us, we will look after you. But you have to understand... Not everyone in this world will understand what you are. You, you must stay in this form to keep you safe. Is, is that okay? And, and I won't be alone anymore? No, Bonnie. We will look after you. Can Susie come too? Uh, Yes, I... I think we can arrange that. Yay! See, Susie, you can come too. Isn't that exciting? (laughs) Yes. Very exciting. As we pan upwards to the crack that's in the ceiling of the tomb where Mila and Klaus entered, we pan through and through time. Bonnie, for years you have been living with Mila and Klaus in a home built on top of the entrance to the tomb below where you came from. Your parents, being archaeologists, knew exactly which items in the tomb were invaluable 
and which ones were of mediocre value. They sold what they needed to in order to get the materials and labor to build this home over top of this sacred ground. This home in the small city of Rylorna. Rylorna sits on the precipice of a jagged broken shoreline in the kingdom of Stormbreach Coast. The powerful waves crash against the city relentlessly and have only become worse throughout the years. The people here are stubborn, with families that date back to the founding of Umbra itself. They keep to themselves and mind their own business. A perfect place to hide the tomb, and a perfect place to hide you, your parents thought. You have learned a lot in the last few years about pretending, and about people. Your adoptive parents have shown you only love and understanding. They have explained that you are like them, a changeling, whom they found in a lost cave. As to their surprise, you did have the ability to take on other forms. You must have hit your head because you don't remember anything before the darkness. The tall stone walls of the city hang high as to take the brutal, unending force of the crashing waves. You spend many days walking along its edges, looking out to the ocean, which is always furious in this kingdom. Bonnie, you return from your walk along the walls and the edges. You have Susie in hand as you run home to your parents. Outside, your mother and father are building a a new shed out back. They have a small little farmstead here where they grow carrots and other exotic fruits and vegetables from across the realm that are more exotic than just carrots. Tell me some other fruits and vegetables they'd have on their farm. I must know for the wiki. <laughs> um, they would have uh, guava and lychees and um, star fruit. Yeah, they have all of that stuff. Yeah. yeah. Dragon dragon fruit. <laughs> dragon fruit. Yeah. Okay, so your parents farm all of that stuff, and Bonnie, you come running up. So Bonnie runs up and goes, Mom, Dad, look what I can do. I I have a new dance move. And she'll start doing a oh, weird do dance you? move. Yeah, see? <laughs> like little kids tend to do. I, 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 I must I have learned myself. it from your father. I, I see, yes. This and what else? You spin around and I and then I land on the ground like this and then I roll down the hill. See? I have a feeling you're making this up as you go, Bonnie. Did you really practice this or are you just making it up? Um Okay, you got I think me. it's wonderful, Bonnie. It's wonderful. <sighs> Did you read that book on Umbrian history? Bonnie, that I left in your room. Um, a couple of pages. <sighs> Me and Susie had lots of things to do today. I didn't have time. Your father and I attended Aegis Academy when we were younger than you. And we trained there our entire lives. You do not get that privilege. So you have to keep up with your reading. Or your brain, and she taps you on the head. 
isn't going to grow. My brain is growing just fine, Mom. <sighs> Bonnie, your studies are crucial for your development. You must learn as well as dance. Okay. Can I do it tomorrow, though? Sure, Bonnie. It seems Yay. like now we're watch going this to... Uh, <laughs> oh, wow. That's excellent. <laughs> and as you're dancing, suddenly there's a loud crackle of energy off in the distance. It sounds like thunder, but it's almost sounds darker. It doesn't sound natural. There's a, the wind starts to pick up and this powerful breath of humidity encompasses the farmstead. Another storm, perhaps. Don't we get enough here? And Bonnie, when you look off in the distance, we all look off over the ocean, you'd see just completely black clouds. It just seems to be forming out of nowhere. And the lightning that flashes within is red. Mila, that does not look like a normal storm. We are standing on a rock in one of the most, as you always say, inhospitable places in the Ten Kingdoms. It's not like we can run from it, Klaus. Uh, Bonnie, uh, bring in the pigs. We, uh, we will need to batten down the hatches, I think. Come on. Okay. You all start bringing in the farm animals into their barns and... As the storm Bonnie slowly starts chasing them into the barn with Susie, she holds them. <laughs> she holds Susie in front. Yeah. As the storm slowly starts to roll in, you all get inside of your house and you shut the doors. Suddenly, you would feel the earth quake below you. Looking out the window. You'd see the water starts rising and then starts coming out of the top of the walls of the city. Only only small amounts for now, but you've never seen the water raise so high that it was going over the tops of the large stone walls. Mila reads a book. Bonnie will go sit on Mila's lap. What you reading? A History of Umbra, the book you were supposed to read. <sighs> All right. So, shall I tell you about the Green Seers, or would you like to learn about the Northmen? Um, the Green Seers, they sound cool. <laughs> yes, okay. the Green Seers. Klaus <laughs> would be looking out the windows at the, the water. And just kind of whispering to himself. Uh, Savata has never been so high before. Oh, Klaus, you always worry. There's nothing we can do. I'm sure everything will be fine. We just have to have faith. This city has stood for 
generations and seen the worst storms and hasn't fallen. That's why we are here, remember? As uh, Mila looks to the book. Yeah, um, come over and mom's about to read a story. The evidence shows that the human race was brought to nigh extinction by the closing of the age and would have faded into nothingness of history lest the green seers not been born. These first men had learned magic, specifically spirit magic. The origins of their power unclear. Suddenly the ground trembles and shakes again. She closes the book. Oh, right. So that one is not natural. And your mother stands up and goes to the window. Now this storm has completely moved over the city. You'd see people from outside and uh, have left their homes. And some of them have started running. And you hear screams from outside. The walls are collapsing! The walls are collapsing! Um, Mom? Is everything okay? Klaus. Klaus, what do we do? Me, Mila, we... There's nothing we can do. There's nowhere to run. No, I'm the one that says that. You're the one who's supposed to... You're the one who's supposed to fix it. No. I... I don't know, Mila. I... I really don't know. There's another rumble. This time you see a large crack move across the floor of your house. And outside, you see the earth shift and parts of the city start to rise up higher than other parts. Suddenly, a torrent of water starts to flood inside as half of the city starts to collapse. Bonnie, Bonnie, come to me. We must stick together. Okay. Bonnie runs over, very scared. What are we going to do? Suddenly, the house teeters and turns and almost turns onto its side as half of it starts collapsing. You all fall away and crash into the walls. A large uh, bookshelf falls off of what is now the was the walls, now the ceiling and is about to crush your mother, Bonnie. What do you do? A, a, a tentacle suddenly comes out and grabs it. Yeah, and you grab the bookshelf and, and you flings it away from her. And you flings it away. And, she, and another <gasps> one grabs her and brings her toward us. <sighs> Um, are you okay? I'm okay. I'm okay. We've got to get out of here. Where's the door? Where's the door? As the water starts to flood inside of the house. Where do we go? What about below? What about the tomb? The tomb, it's, it's probably flooded, no? You look down and the tomb is indeed flooded. And then suddenly half of the tomb just cracks and then starts collapsing as well. Bonnie, you'd look outside and you'd see as uh, the walls start falling down and red lightning starts zapping everywhere throughout the city. And everywhere it strikes, it seems to hit with such force it causes the ground to collapse into the sea. It's the... 
I've never seen red lightning like that before. Mila looks over at Klaus and she puts her hand out to his. Bonnie, come. And in the chaos that is ensuing all around you, there's this calm moment between your family. Bonnie, come. Take our hand. Okay. Bonnie. You all hold hands. I have no regrets in my life. And I am so happy that I got to be your mother, even if only for a short period of time. And I, your father, but... Well, yeah, who else would be my parents? Listen... You are special, Bonnie. You are very special. And although we may be gone, I believe that you can survive this. I believe you can survive anything and that you are meant for a great purpose. Do you understand? What what kind of purpose? We don't know. But if you feel that destiny pushes you into a corner, we want you to know that it's okay to tell destiny where to go and to fight against your fate. You create your own destiny, Bonnie. And you are the most special girl in the world. I love you both. Your parents embrace and hug. I do, but don't... Don't leave me. It gets so loud, the rumbling now, and you can't even keep straight as suddenly you look around you and just bit by bit your town starts to just collapse into the sea until it slowly, the collapsing rocks eventually reach the home that you're in. I love you, Bonnie. see only darkness that familiarness of the darkness and you feel the water all around you you are completely submerged deep when you open up your eyes you'd see large almost pillars gargantuan pillars of stone and rock that were your city just falling deep down below you into the abyss below you see bodies everywhere also falling into the abyss 
and you see your parents as they slowly start to float down into the darkness. I grab them with my tentacles. You reach out to grab them and you try. You can't breathe, though. You start suffocating. You start drowning in the water and you try to drag them, but they, they just they seem lifeless, completely dead. You just can't get them to move. You're just not strong enough. So under, uh, even though I'm underwater, I'll still scr- try and scream, but obviously nothing you let would come out, a- out and my lungs would fill up. <laughs> yeah, you just let out some bubbles as you scream. Your eyes turn black. There's this like pulse that emits from you in the water. This silent scream that moves out like an energy wave. And then you pass out. On the sand broken shore of the dead waste, sea foam gathers in large volume along with debris and bodies which now litter the shoreline. The sound of galloping horses can be heard. Eventually, the horses slow, and a group of heavily armored men and women walk the shore. The leader, a white-haired woman with a bright white and silver-plated chest piece. Her eyes are pale gray, and she speaks to the other men. How many survivors? None, Lady Moonbreaker. One of the guards says. Latanya Moonbreaker narrows her gaze at the scattered dead across the sand as more and more bodies wash ashore in debris. In the Raven Queen's name... We will not stop until we are certain. Lady Moonbreaker. Uh, Lady Moonbreaker, we found one. Latanya gets off her horse, starts running towards the voice. A regiment of guards following her, stopping over a small body that slowly rises from the sand. It's Bonnie. You cough up water and choke. You then rise to your feet, Bonnie. My parents, where are they? I'm afraid I do not know the answer to that. Do not know. They were with me. They're alive. Where are they? Now, why don't you just calm down? We're gonna, we're gonna find your family. Let's get her some food. You don't tell me to calm down. Suddenly your eyes turn black. Your face melts almost as this shadowy form comes up out of anger around you. One of the guards is going to pull out his sword. Uh, uh, Stay back, you beast. Bonnie grabs the sword. That won't hurt me. And the sword 
flips up in the air and then lands down to the sand. The other guards all immediately draw their swords and shields. Latanya raises a hand. The guards pull back. She looks at you curiously. Almost unfazed by your abilities that you've shown. Just intrigued. And what's your name, little one? My name's Bonnie. And that's when we pan back out of the memory to Bonnie and Susie in Storm Talon. So we pan back. The storm now has arrived by the time you finish telling this tale to Susie, Bonnie, and the water is now raining down upon the graveyard and upon Storm Talon. And, well, and that's where she brought me in and, you know, trained me to be who I am today. But you'd know that because... Wait a minute. You... You don't actually talk to me, do you? What do you mean? You're... You're just my voice when I'm... Whisper. You got that right, kid. She goes, well, from now on, that's it. Now that I know who I really am, there's no more hiding it. If I'm really a monster, I can't keep hunting monsters. I, I was always taught that monsters were evil, but now I have to figure out what I really am. Let's go, Susie. We'll figure this out together. And then she'll grab Susie and walk away. And as she's walking away, she will change her body. Um, she will, she'll change into more of a teenager. Like, you know, we'll say like 13, 14. But she'll have her hair cut short. Um, like down to her shoulders. She will be wearing all leather with like a, like, all leather straight down like um a studded leather suit with that with that same chest piece on her though and it will be a little tiny like leather skirt she'll still have the leather tights and stuff but it'll be like a little leather skirt uh all black it's this almost goth like bonnie <laughs> suddenly with this realization fuck society walks with out of the graveyard earrings all the way up and an eye piercing Ooh. Oh, you just keep adding things, okay? <laughs> what else does she not? have tattoo? She's gonna... Oh, she's oh, got she her octopus the... tattoo. Bonnie, okay. you can't get piercings without adult supervision. <laughs> <laughs> As Bonnie walks out of the graveyard and returns home more confident in who she is and not scared about what others want to say about her. And that's where we're going to end this episode. I want to thank everybody for listening to this origin episode of Bonnie. We return to our regular programming next week where we are going to be introducing our next guest 
and his name is Matt, and he's from the Hidden Nerdy Side, a YouTube channel that you should definitely check out. And he's going to be playing an original character, got art for the character, and uh, I'm excited about that one. So make sure you check it out. And uh, yeah, so that's uh, that's Bonnie. That's where Bonnie comes from. Still a lot that you don't know, but I think a lot of people are going to be surprised, but also not surprised. Oh yeah, follow everything at Stubborn Heroes, as you know. Also, go to our Patreon page. We have lots of awesome new merch that we're putting out for all the new tiers. Okay, we still have a few hundred dollar uh, patron spots left. If you feel like you want to dish out that much, but you get lots of stuff for that, including being on our show. So make sure you check that out. And until next time, bye. Goodbye. Goodbye. Who's your daddy? Who is your daddy? Bonnie. I was born this way. I was born this way. Say goodbye